0: Welcome to the Home Church Podcast. My name's Kenny and I serve as the lead pastor here at Home Church and we gather in Maiden, North Carolina. We're so glad you tuned in to today's episode and we hope that this episode will help encourage you and inspire you as you continue to follow Jesus step by step. Good morning and welcome to Home Church. Uh, my name is Kenny and it, it is my honor to be the lead pastor here. We're glad you're here. Uh, I have a question for you because today we're going to be talking about a, a topic. I want to help connect it to everybody today. Um, and so my question for you is this Does anyone feel like you are incredible at being patient? Raise your hand. Anyone in the room? What? I mean, not, not one hand? All right. So if I were a coach, and if I were recruiting you, and one of the skill sets I'm looking for to add you on to my team is that you are patient. And, uh, and I'm looking for anywhere between zero and five-star recruits. Anybody in here a zero-star recruit? You'd be honest enough to say, you're like, you're not, you don't want me on your team. That's probably... Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Any, All right, listen, I'm telling you, I'm a, I'm a zero-star recruit when it comes to patience and waiting as well. I'm right there with you. Uh, listen, I, I know that many of you have had your own experiences and having to wait on things, and we're gonna talk a little bit about that today, but uh, I, I just wanna go ahead and put it out there really clearly, really plainly, that there is no more difficult time for me personally uh, in, in, the, in the having to wait in from the time I turn on the shower to actually getting my kids in the water, all right? Because I, I turn on the shower, and of course, this is the time where I'm having to tell them again, go ahead and get your clothes off, and then I gotta go poop, and then, oh, well, Dad, I need some water. You need some water, what are you talking about? I got all the water right here, you know? And, and, and finally, and a tremendous water bill later, my kids finally get in the shower, and then, of course, you know, it's uh, as I'm trying to get them in, they're always arguing with, well, I want to go first. Well, I don't want to go first today. I want to go last. And it's like, okay, just all of you in the shower at the same time. And it's wild. I mean, it is the most frustrating time of waiting that I have seemingly in my life these days. And that's because I've got kids. But the, the reality is, is that all of us have had moments and times in our life. And maybe you're in one right this very minute, right, this, right now in this season of life where you are waiting for God on certain things. Maybe there's times or things that you felt like God spoke of your life, promises that you felt like you heard from him, things that you felt like were, were granted on your behalf from God, that you're waiting to come to fruition. Uh, there are things like, maybe you felt like God spoke a promotion over you, that, that there's a job coming for you and you've been holding out and waiting on that thing for a long time. Uh, m- maybe for others of you, you're, you're waiting uh, for that spouse to come along, you, you feel like God said that you're not gonna be single for the rest of your days and, and you're just waiting on that, that right person to come along for you. Uh, maybe God spoke the promise of family over you and, and you're waiting for a child and you've been yet able to conceive. The, the reality is, is that, and I could go through and, and list out, and I probably, if I worked real hard, I could probably catch every single one of you in your specific area of waiting but I wanted to just tie a few of these together because and bring us all together in this one place of considering what does it look like to wait well? I'll just be really honest with you, and I'm going to share a few of these moments with you today, but there's times in my life where I felt like I've been waiting on God to fulfill what I believe to be a promise from him. I mean, those are difficult days. Um, and so today, we're going to continue on in this series that we've been in for the past while, and we're going to be in it all the way through Christmas. We've been teaching through uh, Hebrews chapter 11, which is known as the faith chapter. And we've been going verse by verse through Hebrews chapter 11, and we've been looking at all the different circumstances that the Bible lays out where people have been found faithful. And the reason we've been looking at that is because uh, I, I feel like God told me in the summer that there is a a community of people who lack hope, who are looking for hope in so many places and they don't know where to find it. And so this entire series has been around this idea that this will be a house of hope. And so every week, for the last six weeks and for the next six weeks, we're gonna be preaching on how do we find hope in all of the different places in our life where many of us need it. And so today, if you're looking for hope in the waiting, Today is for you. I won't be before you long today, just for the next hour and a half, uh, no big deal. Um, That's a joke. If you're new here for the first time, I promise, it'll be close to that. (laughs) Um, I want to invite you to open up your Bibles. If you have your physical Bible, I love that. Um, Open your Bible up to Hebrews. Um, chapter 11. If you don't have your Bible, couple of options for you. Number one, there is a home church app that you can download. We put the sermon notes right in there. You can follow right along. Uh, Uversion has a Bible app that you can download and there's a live event happening right now where, again, you can follow right along If you don't have a manual Bible or a digital Bible, uh, we're going to throw it on the screens, and if you're watching online or later, we're going to throw it at my feet, okay? So Hebrews chapter 11, and then uh, just if you're a Bible flipper, we're going to be in a few other places today, Uh, Hebrews, Genesis, and Jeremiah, Hebrews, Genesis, Jeremiah, you can work your way to those places. Uh, And so the whole series has been rooted around Hebrews 11, and Hebrews 11 starts with Verse one, and here's what it says. It says, it kind of gives us this definition of faith and it talks about hope. It says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And so real quick, we, we've been talking about this idea of having hope and for us, hope comes by faith. And the scripture tells us that when we have faith, that it gives us hope for things that have not happened yet And it gives us the ability to believe and have assurance over the things that we cannot see. And so this is where we've been rooting in all series. And so today, we're gonna look at a little chunk of Scripture. Um, And this is Hebrews 11, starting in verse 8. All right, we're gonna hear about a guy that we actually talked a little bit about last week. His name is Abraham. Uh, By the way, if you're new with us today or you missed last week, last week we talked about all of the things that are happening in our world right now. We talked about the end times, uh, really important teaching, got a lot of great feedback, and I appreciate your encouragement. If you missed that, I do want to encourage you to go back and, and watch that. That'll give you some extra context around this Abraham that we're going to talk about today. And so, uh, just uh, in, in the way of context, so God has an encounter with a, a man named Abraham, and in this moment, he, he calls him uh, to go to a place, and he makes him some promises And we're gonna see a little bit of Abraham's journey in seeing how he handled the waiting, all right? So Hebrews chapter 11, starting in verse eight, it says, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place, he would later, he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went. That's a good word right there. We could stop and just say, when God tells you to do something, obey and go. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all have a good rest of your day. I mean, we could stop right there, really. But even though he did not know where he was going. Man, this is the journey that so many of us find ourselves on, uh, where we feel like God's calling us to go to a place. Sometimes we feel like we at least know the destination. Sometimes we don't even know the destination. We just know that we've been told to go. And this is the journey for Abraham. God is calling him to leave his family to leave his father, to leave protection, to leave all that he knows to go to a place that he will show him. And it says this by, in verse nine. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents as did Isaac and Jacob. Again, these are uh, his offspring, Isaac, his son, Jacob, Isaac's son, uh, who were heirs with him of the same promise, for he was looking forward looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. So this is kind of our our root scripture today. So I wanna quickly go back and take a look at Abraham's story. So go to Genesis chapter 12. We're gonna look at this Abraham. Genesis chapter 12, starting in verse one, and here's the promise God made to Abraham. The Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. This is speaking about something that has not happened yet. This is why Hebrews calls it faith, because God's calling him to go and do something and to see something and to be about something that he hasn't seen before, he hasn't touched before, and yet he does this. Uh, God continues with this promise in verse two. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him. Now, uh, Abraham's story kind of gets a little messy. God makes this promise, and he and his wife Sarah, this is a big deal because God promised him that he would have children, that the world would be blessed by him, but the problem was was that Sarah, his wife, not only was she old, he was old as well, but she was barren. She was unable to conceive, And so along their journey, they got impatient and waiting on God to fulfill his promise that they stepped into an outside-of-their-marriage relationship, and she allowed Abraham to have relations with his Egyptian slave, Hagar, and they had a son named Ishmael. And we talked a good bit about this last week, but Ishmael was not the promised son that God was speaking about to Abraham. This was not the line and the lineage and the heir to the promise that God had made. And so along those difficult times of waiting, Sarah finally did conceive and she gave birth to a son named Isaac or Isaac. And this was the heir that God had promised. And and along the way, these promises begin to be fulfilled. but, But God made these two major promises that Abraham had to believe, to see, and to be faithful in, to journey with him towards. The first was a son And this was a difficult one. There were so many issues and problems that came along the way, and they struggled in the waiting. In fact, Scripture lets us know that uh, 25 years passed from the time God made the promise to Abraham of an heir until Isaac was finally born. Now, uh, there was another promise that God made that uh, that, that Abraham would inherit this land. We, We know it as the promised land. This is the land that's being fought over right now in the Middle East, and this will be the land that will continue to be fought over for, uh, well, until Jesus comes back. But interestingly, Abraham actually never made it to the promised land. He never got to enjoy it. He saw it. He built an altar there, but Abraham never truly fully experienced that promise being fulfilled yet, except for God made it Not just to him, but to his children as well. To Isaac and to Jacob, along the line to David, along the line to Jesus, and eventually, he will fulfill that promise to Abraham. You want to talk about waiting. From the moment God made the promise to Abraham until the Israeli people, the Israelite nation, the Jews, finally stepped in to the promised land and finally took possession of this land, 422 years and 10 days, 422 years and 10 days, this family, this nation, this people had recounted a promise that God made that had not yet come to pass, and they still had to trust and walk with him and journey and believe that it would come to pass. Man, it puts into perspective a little bit of my waiting on my kids to get in the shower, (laughs) right? hopefully it puts into perspective a little bit of maybe what you're walking through right this moment. And whatever it is that you're waiting on, I want to give you some perspective, but I also want to make a promise, and I don't promise many things, but, but here's one of the things I can promise is that in Christ Jesus, all of God's promises are yes and amen. And whatever he spoke to you, and whatever promises he's made to us through his word, they will one day come to pass. I want to give you some hope in the waiting that the things God's promised you at some point will come to pass. How long will you wait? I don't know. I hope it's not 422 years and 10 days. <laughs> There's this process. One of the things I said earlier when I welcome folks is, hey, no matter where you are on your journey, where you've been, what you've done, this is a house anyone can call home. The reality is that all of us are journeying. All of us are walking this path of life. And for some, it's been a little easier for others. Some, it's easier today than it has been in the past. For others, today's one of the hardest days you've encountered. See, we're all in different places on our journey, but that's just it. We're all on a journey. And it's all a journey of faith with God. We're just in different places This idea of journeying is about what God talks about, the idea of faith. It's learning to trust him and to believe him, even when you don't see it. If all of us were being honest, not only are many of us zero star recruits, when it comes to waiting, we're not very good, but the reality is is that waiting is also a byproduct of our trust. How well we wait is simply also a byproduct of how well we trust. When we trust well, we wait better. When we don't trust well, we're impatient. And then some of you are foolish and ask God to give you patience. That's dumb. (laughs) Don't do that because my dude will make you wait. He just will. I think about this, uh, this moment, I, I, I used to live in Columbia, South Carolina, and uh, there, they have a, an incredible zoo, if you need a day and a half trip, go down to Columbia, it's a great zoo, if you know me, I hate animals, so not my favorite place, but y'all would love it, um, I'm gonna get an email about that one, so anyways, we're in Columbia, we're going to the zoo, and I, and I, I overhear this conversation between a, a dad and his son, and, and the dad's holding the son's hand, and I see him kind of point across the, the zoo, and he says, come on, son, I want to show you something incredible. Uh, and, and so they, I, I kind of watch this whole scene and, and, and unfold, and so here's the dad, he's walking with the son, and, and like, you know, if you've ever been around kids, they get distracted, right? So there's this like little balloon that starts to fly off, and the kid's like pointing, and he's kind of pulling away from his dad to try to get the balloon that's flying away, I, I mean, like he thought he could get it. And then the dad you know, grabs his hand again, and they start walking a little further, and I, I see the kid kind of pointing down the ground, and he jerks away from his dad, and he goes and he picked up gum. He thought it was a, a coin or, or something, or I don't know, maybe he thought it was gum. He thought he could eat it, but, but the idea is I think, I think he thought it was money, and how many of us are distracted by money on our journey And and I and I just I I hear this dad say, "No, son, I'm telling you, you cannot. I cannot wait for you to see what's on the other side here. I want to show you. Come and walk with me." And the thing is, is that uh, being a a prolific zoo journeyer that I am, (laughs) I know what's on the other side of the zoo. And to in the middle of South Carolina, for there to be multiple incredible, beautiful, large elephants and giraffes, well, it's something to behold. And I know that this dad had this incredible plan to take his son and and just say, son, look at the majesty, look at the beauty, look at the power of these elephants that you would never see except for on TV or in a book. This dad had this incredible plan to to show his son this incredible thing, but, but his son was so impatient with the things that were right in front of him that the journey slowed down because of the son's distraction. And I see this happen to us all the time. Our God makes a, a promise to us. He says, son, come to a, a place that I, I've got for you. Come, daughter, to a, to a land that I will show you. And we get so distracted with our journey and the things that we desire over what we feel like God's promises are. We get distracted. We pull away. And then even in that journey, sometimes we lose interest. The problem is, is that we struggle in the waiting. Sometimes people struggle with hope in the waiting. Uh, and then oftentimes, uh, when we do that, you know what we do? We like to grab onto a, a, a verse. I like to call them coffee cup verses. We like to grab onto coffee cup verses to help us through, right? And one of the most prominent, the, the, I mean, Hobby Lobby has made more money off of this verse. Just saying. And you know this it, it's Jeremiah 29 11. I mean, you could probably quote it. Here's what the scripture says. Uh, It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and to not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And the reality is, is that when we struggle in the waiting, we'll hold on to anything. But most people don't understand what that scripture actually is trying to communicate. I want to show you. Because for someone who's already struggling to wait, Maybe this will give you a little perspective as to how God works in his timing. Let me give you the full context of that scripture. I want you to go back one verse to Jeremiah 29.10. The the people of Israel are in captivity in Babylon, and they felt like they've got a promise from the Lord to free them, and he will. But look at what the whole scripture says in verse 10. This is what the Lord says. This is right before that thing that's on your coffee cup. When 70 years are completed from Babylon, wait, what? Seven, 70 years? Nah, man, we, you said like you got plans for us to, to not harm us, plans to prosper us. 70 years? I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place for which I have carried you into exile. See, God's promises are yes and amen. God's promises will be fulfilled. The problem is, is that you and I want them done today. And we miss God's timing and his plans for our own. Excuse me. I, I know this all too well. Um, we planted Home Church a little, uh, almost three years ago. We're gonna have our third birthday coming up on November 15th, which is uh, gonna be awesome. And yeah, you can clap for that. Uh, making it three years as a church is uh, not easy uh, in these days. And so when we did that, uh, my wife and I, we, we, we were actually living in Charlotte at the time. We had a house. It was uh, the middle of the pandemic and the housing market was awesome. And man, we just knew like, hey man, we need to sell this house because we can, you know, make a pretty significant profit on it. And so we did, but knowing we would look to move to Denver, we would look to buy a house and make roots here and settle and kind of be in this area, right? So we sold the house, and we started looking, and uh, by the time the house sold, we didn't find anything. So we moved to Clover back in with my mom. I know, 40 years old, moving back in with your mom, with a wife and three kids in tow. That's fun. Um, God bless Pam Mills. (laughs) But we, we lived with her for a while, and man, that's a long drive from Clover to, to, to this area, right? I mean, it's an hour. And finally, I got to a place where I was like, yo, we, we can't keep doing this. We're, I mean, we were actively looking for homes. Uh, we, we actually had an offer accepted on a home, and they went back on it. And that was difficult. And I mean, we've looked at over 80 homes throughout our journey. And finally, we took a break and said, Ben, this ain't working, so we just grabbed a rental home in Denver. But even then, we've, we've still kind of been looking. And, and I've just been questioning, like, Lord, are we, are we ever gonna have a house? Like, we wanna call this home, but, you know, we, we kinda wanna put roots in the, it, here, and, and this is just it. This is us. This is it for us. And so we wanna buy a house. So, I mean, again, over 80 homes we've looked at. And uh, I'm a little picky. If y'all, if y'all don't know me very well, I'm a little, I'm a little picky. My wife is way more picky, um, that's a joke. My wife is super easy to get along with. Um, and and so it's been a difficult journey. You know, uh, I mean, I feel like, here we go, man, we're planting a church, we're doing all this stuff, and like, God, I'm, I'm, I'm just asking for a house. Like, is that is that too much to ask for? And it's been difficult um, to have to rent and to move and to maybe move again and all that kind of stuff. And so, man, I've experienced what it's like to, to wait on something that I felt like, man, we were actively stepping into. Um, and it, it's been a it's been a wild journey, um, but the Lord has been faithful. And uh, man, I'm excited to share with you some really great news that Katie and I bought a house. Uh, we're gonna be we have a maiden address. Um, it's a new build. It's gonna be closing in December, and uh, hopefully somebody doesn't do something stupid. And and, and it, but but man, we it, it's like finally here we go stepping into. Um, this thing that we've been waiting on. And I, listen, in the grand scheme of things, waiting on a house, not a big deal. For, for those especially that are uh, maybe waiting on healing from a diagnosis, uh, m- maybe waiting for that, that, that loved one, that spouse that you've been waiting on to do life with, maybe waiting on a child that you feel like is a part of completing your family. Man, those are, those are heavy, difficult things to wait on. I don't want to minimize them at all, I, I, but I do want to connect to you in this idea of waiting. Um, you know, the, this, uh, this journey planting this church has been a waiting game in a lot of ways. Uh, we planted Home Church, like I said, almost three years ago. We started out meeting in four different homes. Uh, we would meet in a home, and some folks would gather with us, and then uh, finally we started meeting in another church's building on Sunday afternoons. Uh, that's wild. Try meeting uh, on Sunday afternoons in a lake community, um, but some of y'all were here for that, and you've been faithful, um, and, and then we, uh, we thought we had a, a deal to, to have a house for our church uh, at the YMCA, and that thing fell through, and, uh, and then we actually had nowhere to meet. We, we ended up meeting at Rock Spring Campground for four weeks trying to figure out this thing, North Lincoln finally opened up their doors, and they allowed us to gather there for a year, and then uh, they graciously gave us the boot. <laughs> uh, that was fun. Um, but they actually they, they kicked every church in the district out of their schools. And so then we were looking for a place, and we landed uh, right here in Maiden. We've been doing setup and teardown for as long as we've been a church, and so the reality is is that as the, the, the lead shepherd of this house, one of the elders um, man, it's, it, it's been a difficult wait. Not just waiting for a house for me, but waiting for a house for this house. When I tell people that home church meets in a school and load in and load out, they're like, wait, so home church is homeless? I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's fun. God will be faithful to this house. He always has been, he always will be. God's been faithful to me in my journey. You know, it, it, it has been a, a, a ride you know, all of the things that we've been walking through. But one of the things that I've learned along my journey, and one of the things that I've learned along the journey of planting this church, and one of the things that I I want to help encourage you with today and bring you some hope to in today is is in your waiting is that you are along the journey, but the thing is is that you actually have to walk the path. See, many people get caught in, they hear the promise, and then they sit pat they, they cross their arms, and they sit there and hold out their hands, and they wait on God to drop manna from heaven again. And I don't know if you've looked up in the sky lately, but we had not even seen rain, let alone manna, right? Our, our God and the days of dropping manna are done. The, the days of just sitting and waiting on God to drop something in your lap doesn't really work that way. Uh, along my journey, I've realized that you got to walk through 80 houses before you actually find the one that works, and you actually got to go through the, the financing process and the due diligence and the, the paperwork, and you got to do all that stuff to finally get to the closing table to actually buy the house. And then you got to move. <laughs> I'll let you know when we do that. Y'all, I'm just kidding. We, many of you have been, you've heard this promise from God. And you've sat and you've waited like this, waiting on him to just drop it in your lap. Now, I want to be very clear. God is faithful. He will fulfill his promises one way or the other. But the thing I've learned about our God is that when we journey with him, like that son who finally did grab hold of his dad and and they started walking across the way, we get to experience the fullness of God's journey with us. You see, many times we get so fixated on the promise and the place that we miss the beauty of the journey. Your God loves you, and he does have great plans for you, but he has great plans for you along the way too, not just the destination. And so I I just want to encourage you that those that are waiting, man, I want to bring you some hope that, that waiting doesn't mean you just sit down and hold your hands out and do nothing. I think waiting is actively walking and journeying with God wherever he says to go. And so I want to introduce something to you today um, that we're going to do this as as a church body. We're going to try to be faithful. We're going to try to trust God as he journeys with us, as he leads us as a church. I want you to do this in your own own journey and in your own life. I want to encourage you to follow wherever God leads you, even though it might be weird. You're not sure where, you can't see it yet, but to Walk with him. But we're going to do this as, as a church. And so here's the thing. I believe that God has a house for home church. I believe it with everything in me. And, and so what we're going to do is coming up on the end of the year, we're going to do an end of the year giving campaign. Now, if you've been around us very much, here's one of the things you need to know. We don't talk about money very often. Uh, we just don't. Like earlier, uh, when I welcomed you, most churches, they'll say, hey, there's three ways you can give, all that kind of stuff. We just, we just don't do it. Mainly because I believe God's gonna be faithful to provide to this house. Secondly, I believe that disciples of God will know that God's word teaches them that they are to give back to the house. So I don't wanna have to beat your head over it and things like that. I wanna encourage you to give to what God's doing in this house. But that's your own journey. That's part of your own journey. Some of you give faithfully, continuously, over and over and over again. And we're grateful. Some of you don't know how you can do it. Awesome. Awesome. And this is a part of your journey. But as a church, we're gonna step into a season as we end the year. And every year we we do an end-of-the-year giving campaign called Build the Kingdom. And uh, sometimes uh, we've had something very specific. Like last year, uh, we found an office building that we wanted to, to to lease out and to build out and to renovate and make it our offices, our fuse space, fuses our student ministry, wanted, wanted to use it for home groups and podcast recordings and things like that. And I, I just wanna celebrate with you that last year, man, we we raised that those dollars. We paid for the whole thing up front and we've been using that building coming up on a, a A year here soon, and it's been incredible. That's what y'all funded last year at the end of the year giving campaign. I wanna say thank you. So sometimes we have something kind of specific that we wanna invite you into. Uh, This year, here's what I wanna invite you into. I'm believing that God is taking us on a journey that will eventually land us in a place that we can call home. Not just that you can call home, because the church, by the way, isn't a building, the church is the group of people, the gathered body of believers. But, but we want to we have a home to be able to serve people well from. We, we want to have a home to, to launch other churches out of. We, we want to have a place that we don't have to set up and tear down, that we can spend that time, effort, and energy to focus on discipling people, reaching more people. There's so many things that you can do when you have your own home, and I believe God has that for us. So today, I, I, wanna, I wanna invite you into this. And uh, over the next month and a half, as we lead up to Christmas, I'm gonna invite you and your family to consider this, to pray about what God would invite you to give. And by the way, uh, we call this uh, a year-end offering. And I wanna, I wanna talk, you, uh, talk you through a few of these things. So, so here's the purpose of this campaign. Uh, it's, it's right here on the screen, real quick. And this purpose is to at, advance God's church As a part of home church. Like, this is a kingdom idea. We want to help build the kingdom, and we think God's called us at home church to be a part of this, and so through home church, we want to help advance God's kingdom. And so the funds that that we will eventually raise to do this, here's what we're going to specifically use them for uh, this year. Show show the next slide if you can. Uh, Is this idea, it's an offering. And those of you who give consistently, yes and amen. Thank you. Please do that. Those of you who have never given before, I want to invite you to consider giving consistently to home church. But this specifically is called an offering, which is above and beyond what you would normally give to home church. This always catches people by surprise when I say this. But if you've never given to home church and you don't give consistently, I do not encourage you to give an offering. I know that sounds crazy. You're like, wait, you don't want my money? No, I want God to have your heart. And when you give consistently, scripture is very clear, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. When you give consistently, you are funding the mission every day. This is funding the mission for someday yet to come. And so if you don't currently give, I wanna invite you to step into that. And then as you do that, and if you wanna give above and beyond, man, we say thank you. So this is an offering above and beyond what you might already give, and here's the specific ask, which is this. Uh, We are going to journey, and by the way, we already have. Uh, Our our elders and myself, we have not just been sitting around and waiting on God to drop a building in our lap. We have been looking at land actively. We have been looking at buildings actively. We have been looking for a place to call home, knocking on doors, answering phone calls, making phone calls, all that kind of stuff. I wanna tell you today, I don't have anything specific to put in front of you. I don't have a picture of a piece of land or a building or anything like that. Here's what I'm asking you for which is to walk this journey with us, to believe for a land that is still yet to come and to give to it today so that as God opens up the door, as we're knocking or a conversation opens up, that we would have the funds and the ability to not sit around and wait and to make a move and to find a home for home church. That's what we're trying to do. That's what we're we're trying to do. It's a journey that we're walking. We're trying to be faithful. We're stewarding well what you're already giving. We're not asking you to help pay our monthly bills and things like that. We're in that place. We're in a good, healthy spot right now. This is to help build the kingdom for the future. And so as we get to the end of the year and, and people consider giving and people consider uh, being generous, and, and by the way, our, our church is legitimate, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. I mean, all that good stuff. Like we're, you know, we're not asking you to Venmo us and PayPal us and Cash App and all that kind of stuff. Uh, anything you give certainly is a, a tax-deductible gift. That's all besides the point. Um, our heart is this. We're, go- we're gonna walk this journey with God. In just a few weeks, we're gonna celebrate being here for three years, and, and it's gonna be a great day to celebrate. We're gonna share stories. We're gonna baptize that day. Uh, it's gonna be an incredible day. And, and you'll get a chance to see firsthand what God has been doing and is doing right now in this house, but we believe God has a place for this church to call home and we want to ask you to believe with us, by faith, to go with us to whatever land, whatever building that is that God provides for us, that he's calling us to. But we have to walk the path. We have to knock on doors. We have to be ready to move when God's opportunity opens. And I want to invite you to come along that journey with us. And so many of us are, find ourselves in waiting. And today I want to I just offer you a couple of things of how to hope well in your waiting. Can we end with that? Can I just offer you some very practical advice, some very practical wisdom on how to wait well? Because the reality is, is just like Abraham journeyed, God's promises were faithful, but maybe it took a little more time than he expected. This is probably true for many of us. And so, how do we wait well? Number one is this. These are not going to be on the screen. These are just things I wrote down I want to share with you. Uh, Number one is this. Trust that God's promises are yes and amen. Trust that God's promises are yes and amen. Again, I, I go back and I remind you that trust is simply an act of faith that you are believing God at his word. You are believing and you are holding assurance over things you cannot see and that have not happened yet. It's like this, it's like we do with our children. My kids are so excited about this trunk or treat that's about to happen. I say, kids, trust me, you're gonna get lots of candy. It's gonna be a lot of fun. I know for a fact it's gonna happen, but it's hard for them to wait. And friend, I know it's been hard in your waiting. I know. Number two is this when God speaks, you move. I know that sounds real simple. It's like, well, Pastor, that's not real deep. I know. It doesn't need to be deep. You know why? Because many of us don't even get the simple thing right. When you hear God say, go start the business, go start the business. When you hear God say, go and adopt someone, move. Go fill out the paperwork. Listen, we get so caught up in the waiting that oftentimes we've actually heard God speak and tell us where to go. We think we're waiting on Him, He's waiting on us. He's waiting on us oftentimes. Don't make Him wait on you. Move when He speaks. Number three. The journey is just as important as the destination. I am notorious for looking forward to the day when my sons are older and they're married and they've got kids of their own and and there's like this lineage that I wanna build into them. And man, I'm notorious for missing today because I'm so worried about tomorrow with it. I miss so often the journey with them focused on the destination for them. Don't do that. Let's not do that, guys. Let's enjoy the journey. You know, especially in raising kids, they say that the days are long and the years are short. This is our life. Life is but a vapor. I want to encourage you to enjoy today Take a little more time to chew the food and enjoy it. Sip a little slower. Conversate just a little longer. Enjoy the journey. Keep walking, but enjoy the journey. Number four, all of God's promises will be fulfilled in the coming of Christ Jesus. Man, I, I know some of you have felt like God's let you down. You feel like maybe promises that you held on to have not been fulfilled, and, and maybe you feel like it's already passed and it, is not, it will not be fulfilled. The reality is, is that if you were to sit with Abraham right now, he would tell you that God's promise to him has not quite been fulfilled of the land. Oh yeah, he had sons and yeah, his, his family and the Israelites, they have the land. But Abraham himself has never stood in it until Christ Jesus comes back and he establishes his kingdom on this earth and guess where Abraham will stand one day? Abraham will stand in that promised land and God's promise to him will ultimately be fulfilled. And I know you think you're, God's promises haven't been fulfilled for you. Maybe it's a a loved one that is gone. Maybe it's a relationship that failed. Maybe it's the inability to have children and it just doesn't seem to work out. Maybe you lost even a child in the womb. And you're waiting. Friend, I wish I had hope in this world for you. And the best I can give you is that as you journey with God, he's kind and faithful. But the best hope I have for you is in the end of days, Christ Jesus will come back, he will receive you and me and in that moment, all of the promises that he has ever made will be fulfilled. Yes and amen. And I know sometimes it's hard to trust that. I want to encourage you today to try to put your trust back in him. Would you stand your feet? I want to invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I, I just want to give you a moment here to just consider your waiting. It's just a moment of reverence. Nothing weird's going to happen. Just if you bow your heads and close your eyes, I just want to give you a moment to consider maybe what you're waiting on right now. Maybe ask the Spirit of God to speak to you to encourage your heart today, to help you hold on, to continue to trust, to continue to be faithful as you wait, to give you hope again. If you've never put your trust in Jesus, Now's a really great moment. Christ Jesus is the author and the perfecter of our faith. That's what Hebrews says. God's only son is the fulfillment of all promises. God's only son is Jesus Christ. He came to this earth. He lived a perfect life. He was born of a virgin. He died on a cross and he paid the price for your sin and for mine. He actually died. Could you imagine being a disciple, hearing that Christ is the promised Messiah waiting on him, and then him actually dying? Oh, I know many of you actually know how it feels to see what you felt like was a promise die. They put him in a tomb, and there he laid for three days. All hope was lost. Three days later, all hope was found. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, Christ Jesus breathed again, walked out of a grave, and forever changed anything that you and I could ever hope for. He walked the earth for 40 days, made himself known and present to many people. He ascended into heaven, and right now he sits at the right hand of God the Father, waiting hear this your savior is waiting for the just right moment to come back and receive me and you his bride and to make all things right I don't know about you but I long and I wait for that day maybe be found to be waiting in hope if you've never put your trust in Christ Jesus you can do that right now In fact, I want to invite you to do that right now if you've actually never put your hope and your trust and your faith in Christ Jesus. The Spirit of God is drawing you right now. You feel it because you feel like everything that I've been saying today was talking directly to you and he's drawing you to himself. And he simply asks you to walk this journey with him, to trust him. The Bible is really clear. It says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you would be saved, meaning you would have the gift of faith and receive the eternal promise that you will spend eternity in heaven with Christ Jesus. Another promise is on offer for you today. I'll invite the entire congregation to pray this prayer with me. This is for the benefit of anyone who may want to say this and encourage you to say this for the very first time. Again, the scripture says if you confess with your mouth, you need to say it out loud, that if you believe in your heart, Jesus is the son of God and he was raised from the dead. The Bible says that you would be saved. So I want to invite you to step into that moment. It's not a magical prayer. It matters the posture of your heart. Pray with me. Say, Jesus, I'm a sinner and I'm lost without you. I have no hope, but I want it. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe you were raised from the dead. Will you save me? Help me walk with you in hope and by faith the rest of my days the best I know how friend if you prayed that today and you truly meant it i believe that you've received the promise of eternal life that you will one day receive father in the name of jesus i thank you for today i thank you for your word i thank you that even in the waiting there is promises to come to pass promises that will be fulfilled god you are good and gracious and kind may your spirit bring us hope today may your spirit bring us encouragement today god we need hope we need life We need light. We know that you offer it. It's found in nowhere else and no one else but Christ Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If there's anything that we can do to serve you or come alongside of you in your journey, please reach out. You can reach us at hello at myhomechurch.cc.